Actually, you know, I didn't actually discuss ahead of time uh, how we were going to introduce each other or like oh. what we're going by. Um, so I mean, let's just discuss how, it how, now. How important are actual <laughs> names? So I, well, okay. So I'm Josh and I'm okay with Josh, but I'm also really okay with the hardware hound because mostly I'm, I'm just here for the ride. I'm along for the ride. So I don't mind being the hardware hound or Josh and okay. either one will be cool. All right, but I don't just, know what it's just call you. Well, it would just be easier to just call me Mario. It's not, it's not worth it's not worth trying to to remember monikers in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, I I mean, if you were trying to create something new, but I guess a lot of people just use their name and that's easy. So. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna pretend like I don't have anything to hide, but enough that you know I I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a boring way, and I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, I, I somebody has to have flair, and I will take that burden. <laughs> So, uh, we're starting. Uh, yeah. So we're starting this podcast, uh, be- mostly for because we spent a. S- oh, my phone is on the table. I shouldn't do that. Uh, that's okay. We we've spent. I take mine off the desk. <laughs> so we've worked with each other for a really long time. So this is this is something that we've done for the past eight years, is literally we talk about things. Have the- so much Batman to talk about. And not that we're going to do it today, but we will. It will happen. Yeah, it's so much Batman to talk about. Yeah, if there's if there's something new and sort of comic book, sci-fi, etc., we we probably know too much about it or have a I'm, lot of opinions. Even if I don't know enough about it, I still seem to have opinions about it. That may not be fair, but eh, whatever. It's the world we live in. And also I've already seen, you know, Robert Pattinson in that suit, and I'm already annoyed. So <laughs> I, th- I think I think my <laughs> I think the thing that kind of cracked me up was I was reading an article, and the way that they were describing it was, um, you know, here's Batman as a sexy vampire because it's Robert Pattinson. So now all I see now is sexy vampire Batman, because it's just now it's like this leather, and he's got the skinny neck, and you're like, oh, that's just what he is now. That really, I hadn't read that, and that, oh just, my gosh. It just ruins it now, doesn't it? No, it so <laughs> ruins it. Yeah. Well, I hate you now. Uh, podcast over. It's not your fault. Yeah, I, I quit. We did not make it very far. That's okay. We'll wait. We'll wait till we see a trailer to yeah. leave final judgments, because to be fair, it wasn't like a... A lot of people were pro Affleck Batman, but man, I liked Batfleck afterwards. But you know, let's not get distracted. That's so we're about ready to. Oh no, we're about to because I I have some opinions now. So <laughs> <laughs> we were going to talk about Star Wars. It's Batman we, now. It's too late. Star so, Wars is coming too, but maybe another time. All right, let's go. So okay, so Robert Robert Pattinson in this interview is talking about how he. Uh, he's, you know, he's skinny and they're like, oh, that's not like Batman. He's not muscular. And they're like, well, it's this acting thing. And, you know, it's like Batman can't always be buff. And, and what? And yeah, no, it's, well, I mean, he's going to, he's going to justify it to himself. Anyway, he's got, he's, he's going to put on some muscle or whatever. But I was like, here's the thing. Ben Affleck is buff enough for me to believe that he could, he could survive a fight with mm. a professional boxer. Okay, so and I feel like that's like my 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 golden standard. If you can't survive a fight with a professional boxer, like you can be skinny and built correctly. Like uh, Andre Ward is a is is a pro boxer who you know he's on the he's on the skinnier side. It, you know he has yeah. not like heavyweight things, but he I mean him and and uh, Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> these are boxers that they're thin, but they will destroy a man. Well, and I mean. Chris Hemsworth, you know, and not that I'm saying he should be Batman, but he's skinny, but he's got a build. And yeah. I'm not, and I don't think we're, you know, for those of you who aren't sure where we're coming from, we're not trying to say that we think an actor should actually be able to get into a ring with a boxer and actually win. We're just saying that their build and physique should look like they could get into the ring, even though in yeah. reality, any bo- any actor get destroyed by a professional boxer. We yeah. know that. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have a thick neck to take a punch. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Well, so the problem, 
oh man, that just drove me up the wall. Because here's the thing about Batman, he's supposed to be. I didn't. I just assume that they're usually the typical superhero motif, if I could say it that way. I might have just made up a word. I sometimes do that, but that's okay. I I make up words. I no don't hate me for it. But (laughs) the general routine is, oh, I'm gonna be in a superhero movie. I gotta get in shape. I gotta get buffed out. I gotta work. I mean, even the guy who didn't have to, um, uh, J.K. Simmons. He didn't even have to. Yeah. And did. <laughs> J.K. Simmons ripped is amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. So he, he didn't even have to to play Gordon, but he just did. And I feel like they uh, underutilized that. But so somebody to just say, well, Batman is supposed to be literally the peak example of human fitness. Now, I know it's all fake and it's not real anyway. But he's but fighting the, like every superhero. He's yeah. kind of. <laughs> he's. He's supposed to represent the like perfect build, and it's like, not. We're not saying he has to be like wide like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like, I mean, he should like be able to do as many chin ups and pull ups as you know, like a veteran marine. It would be nice, and I mean, I, you know, here's the thing. Like, yeah, so, you don't have to. You don't have to be wide like an '80s action movie looking guy but i mean if you're not at least at gymnast fitness like olympic level then you know i'm not saying he can be he just needs to be built convincingly yeah well let's just put it this way so batman v superman has plenty of its problems and we don't even need to get started on but when they had that scene where ben affleck jumps into that warehouse and starts taking out all those guys it's the batman we always wanted well, yeah, it was, I mean, maybe minus a couple of things okay, that were very so the, clearly you know, murder. the killing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, oh, the, I just... <laughs> but taking just, the Arkham video game series and basically turning that into live action. It was awesome. And the thing is, is Ben Affleck, the workout he did, his physique, when, so when he when he shoots his, um, what is it, the battering and his, or his grappling hook thing into that crate, and then he flips that crate into a dude. Now, I know that realistically that can't happen in real life. There is nobody strong enough to take a crate that size and with one arm just pull it off the floor and throw it into a guy. But you're going to believe that Ben Affleck is going to, like, that look. It looked look. real. Yeah, yeah, it looked like it was something I could believe when I was you, watching the movie. You're not going to believe Robert Pattinson can <laughs> grappling hook into a crate and then toss that whole crate and it injure somebody because you believe it's heavy enough. No. Not even, not even close. No way. And so, yeah. And I mean, it's like, to be fair, like I said, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember really what my initial opinion was when I heard about the casting of Ben Affleck. Um, but so I would love to see a trailer and see some kind of scene that makes me feel like, okay, well, maybe I was wrong, but right now I'm not feeling very, I'm not feeling very hopeful. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, Robert uh, Robert Pattinson would be fine if he attacks people the right way. I guess it's just, and he might get jacked enough. I'm not saying, like I said, it's 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 something where I feel like actors should still sort of try to be professional enough to look the part. Like, I mean, I think about Christian Bale like getting super skinny for the uh, what was that? What was that called? The uh, was it the machinist or something? Okay, yeah, I don't remember that, but yeah, just the yeah. general starve yourself to death. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's a good idea, and we can CG most of that stuff now. Um, but I do feel like there's if you're gonna make Chris Pratt go from Parks and Rec to Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> Robert Pattinson can get some broader shoulders and a wider chest. I'm just <laughs> it, yeah, just you know throw him in the weight room for a little bit but but i think you know like, the problem I, that yeah sorry i i have these high expectations of actors like i'm want them to train like professional fighters <laughs> well yeah and i mean to to be fair if you have an actor who's trained they're usually able to handle a more physical role yeah and it's the actors who can handle a physical role that make it more convincing there was a lot of practical just very obviously practical effects that were going into Ben Affleck in that warehouse. 
so that it looked real. You didn't, they didn't have to CGI a fake Affleck. You know, it was so obvious when they did. So like when Doomsday is doing these blasts and then they've got CGI Batman jumping around, it clearly looked different. But that one scene was so practical. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just... Because not being physically fit, it <laughs> you get like the uh, Palpatine-Windu fight <laughs> where it's like it's just this close up and all you're seeing is lightsabers going back and forth in front of their face while they like make really <sighs> weird gritty faces it was a drove me nuts because he he does this little spinny seat well you know yeah he does like anything oh my gosh it, oh no and never then mind. they're every, just dying yeah and every scene after that is close up of who's the actor who played palpatine who is ian Mc Darnold? Darnold? McDermish? Dermish, yes. Yeah, anyway, that guy. Um, I, you know, I probably could just look it up real quick. But, um, yeah, but Ian... Research. I know, it's like... Oh, yeah. Uh, Mick... I think this is... Dermot? Yeah. McDermott? Yeah, Ian McDiarmid. So, I, well, yeah, McDermott. McDermott. Okay. okay, there's a pronunciation thing. Yeah. So, not that hard. So, sorry, Ian, I uh, was not treating your name well, <laughs> but Ian McDermott. Anyway, he's awesome, and I, I thought he did a great yeah, job. He never, yeah, he never stopped yeah. doing a good job. But you, when, they, when they're trying to make him, when they're trying to make him this crazy, awesome lightsaber dude, they not only CGI, but then when they do that, there's this, and it's just vivid in my memory, there's this camera cut where you see him holding the lightsabers, and both of his elbows go clean back. And you're looking at it, and it's slow. And you're thinking, and then the next scene cuts, and he's just thrusted the lightsaber, and there's a guy like these lightsaber like clean to the side of his body, and he's like, "Oh, you stabbed me! I don't know how I could have stopped it." It like retarded. there's Shakespearean <laughs> plays that happen on stage that look better than that. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, there is, like, there's no way now. And I, and it's it just, and I guess. Now, it, it, the other thing that, that bothers, I don't want to get too far on this tangent because we could go forever and I wouldn't mind going back to the Batman stuff, but you could have just had him going out and just start force lightning everyone and just melting them. And he doesn't even touch a lightsaber. And I would have went, oh, whoa. But yeah, those, you know? those are our strong opinions on just the Yoda yeah. Palpatine related things altogether. It's like, you don't even need a lightsaber. What are you doing? Yeah, and I guess it's like I like the the moment that ruined it the most for me, and by ruined it I mean it was the greatest moment ever, was <laughs> in the Clone Wars cartoon with Gendi Tartakovsky where mm-hmm. Yoda picks up all of the ground troops, all of the ground troops, and throws them into all of the aircraft, and I'm like, why is this not happening on screen? <laughs> well, yeah. That's what happens when you have that much imagination. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. So the nice thing was, so uh, I don't know if I should get to this before we get to Rise of Skywalker or after it, because I, I, gonna... I, I want to talk about Clone Wars, but we, we have some other things to get to. So, yeah, I, I think, I think we should, we should probably get off of the Star Wars train as much as I would love to go back to it's Batman. Like, yeah, because we're it, we we could just end up going hours upon hours upon hours. So we can just keep going. We we we've we, we've picked a track. Let's 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 finish it out. But so here's 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 the thing I really wanted to point out with the Pattinson thing, and this is the thing that concerns me already about the movie that's coming. We've picked an actor who, and we've clearly said, well, Batman doesn't have to be. What does that scream to you? Doesn't that just scream to you? Well. You know, I know that people like Batman, and he's this character in these in these you know cartoons and and comic books. But I have a directorial vision. <sighs> yeah, yeah, right? it's every time screams it. I don't and, know uh, why they think it's so. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I do know why. Uh, you know, <laughs> I I understand as a director, like. You're you're trying to build something that screams, I made this, uh, 
and it you can't get away from that and and why that's why things when people are translating books to movies you don't have this problem because you have a lot of material you you get to say oh this is how i remember these scenes i want to make those scenes happen on screen yeah with batman and it could just be the mentality of DC Studios. It's just that mentality that I can do whatever I want with Batman. And it, it it's flexible. But it's like, but anybody who's read a Batman comic is like, okay, well, there's these very key things that I clearly understand Batman to be. So there's something. Now, here's where I could take this. I could take this. Be taking, I could be taking this too far, and I don't. I want to be a little bit cautious where I go with this, but it's just here's the thing, and and this is why I think Marvel partially too is more successful. Um, first off, I I don't know where directors get off on thinking, hey, I'm gonna make this my own so people know it's me. Okay, but you're already using a property that's not your own, <laughs> so you know let's let's just start there. Now I get it. In a way, there's you know nothing new. Everything is a, is a copy of an idea somewhere. Okay, I get that. But we're not talking about well, somebody was influenced by these ideas, but then came up with this property. We're coming with a flat out. This is a character that exists, and we are just taking them, and we're going to rubber stamp them into a movie. But then, oh wait, no, never mind. I want to do my own thing with them. Wait, what? Why? If you're going to do your own thing, just do your own thing. But I guess it's harder to get in, and we could talk about financials and the fact that, well, if you're doing your own thing, nobody's going to recognize it, and the, the studios won't sign off on it. So they, But they'll do it if you do Batman, because that's a name people recognize, and there's money there. So, it, yeah, we could go there, too. But as a director, I'm like, why would you want to try to make your own thing out of somebody else's thing? That's clearly somebody else's thing. That doesn't I, make sense to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's specifically in the Marvel context, uh, the thing that is the whole making your own thing. The thing that Marvel never really did whenever those would happen is whenever it was a character that we know about, somebody knows about, it's been in some sort of comic or material that people know who that character is, they always start with, okay, these are what make the character as a person. We can do anything else around them, but their character can't change. Like, so so the linchpin yeah. of Captain America is that he's uncompromising and exactly and you you have to move around that now the one thing that I I heard about Batman um and I don't know well the bat whatever the Batman film that they were working on yeah. before before we got told about Robert Pattinson what I remember in the past was that um the director did want to put a focus on uh, making him the detective, which is cool. And mm-hmm. some, it's something that it's something that we've always wanted to happen. It's the thing that every every single so uh, Batman movie is missing, except for Batman Forever. But it also had Jim Carrey, which kind of just kind of <laughs> yeah, threw well, that all off. That. And that you know, and uh, <sighs> you know, when I was a kid and I watched Batman for, for Forever, I thought Jim Carrey was the perfect Riddler. Because I hadn't really watched a lot of Batman. And then I saw more Batman. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not who the Riddler is at all. He's not insane. He's actually, well, I mean, I guess you could say criminally insane. But he's actually super intelligent. He's an intelligence that's meant to rival Batman. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing was, uh, it's a it's thing that I appreciated because I had a speech teacher who was very adamant to say that, uh, Val Kilmer was the best Bruce Wayne. And I'd be like, that's ridiculous. And he's like, no, no, because he's the only one that takes care of his company. He's actually, you know, doing, uh, the, he's doing the detective things, the research, the, you know, and I'm like, stop making valuable points about Val Kilmer. <laughs> and, <laughs> but he's right. It's like he actually acted like a Bruce Wayne. Um, but, you know, there's the yeah. whole scene with, uh, with him firing Edward Nigma for not doing his job essentially and which is actually something a boss does <laughs> yeah and that has that still barely has happened and i still i you know i think ben affleck even what little i've seen he's done a good job as a bruce wayne so far as i could tell 
I loved I loved Ben Affleck Bruce Wayne because for one, so there's two scenes where I loved his Bruce Wayne. One was the opener where they they kind of retcon him in and the buildings are crashing and he goes running into the cloud and I thought that it may be cliche but it is a great Bruce Wayne moment because if Bruce Wayne is in a car and he sees people in trouble he's gonna run into it he doesn't need his bat suit to go help people yeah that was cool the other scene i really liked was when he was having a little tit for tat with clark kent and he just he looked totally like a billionaire businessman who's like you're a pathetic little reporter i i'm gonna put you in your place and he commanded the conversation. Now, I know some of that's scripting too, but Ben Affleck did a good job of acting it. And it just, I felt like Bruce Wayne was in control of the conversation and Clark Kent was over his head. He may be Superman behind those glasses, but when it comes to just talking to a you know billionaire as a reporter, he is out of his league. And I liked that. That was cool. Unfortunately, they didn't build on that because then it just turned into Zack Snyder, Martha bull crap. And if they had built it's, on that, they could have shown how Bruce Wayne already had the upper hand because just in a conversation, he has already won the battle. And then it goes physical. Well, he's still going to win because he's thought it out and he's more prepared. Yeah, the problem is just that, you know, they made it about so ma- that movie about so many other things when it really should have just been Batman and Superman. Yeah, and well... I don't know. And I guess the problem with Batman and Superman is, I don't know. Well, I just, for me, I just, I can't, I, I always go back to that Batman Superman movie, uh, where, um, the Joker and Lex Luthor are working together. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, and the Joker's trying to get like this kryptonite Jade dragon or something. Yeah. And, and it's just, I just, my favorite, my favorite scene is you know Batman breaks into the top of this nightclub, starts beating up dudes, and Superman comes in and he's just flying down. He's hey. like, "Hey man, that's enough." Not allowed to do that. Yeah, and then Batman just does like just a quick turn and clocks him hard yeah, enough he, to fly back and land into like into some tables. Yeah, he does and one of those like arm grabs and he throws him into a table, and yeah. Superman just has like a surprised look on his face, like, like, "Wait, what? what? How does that happen?" <laughs> It never happens to me. And it's but, it's like, you know, you're thinking, it's like, theoretically, this shouldn't even happen. Um, yeah. But, but, I mean, if he's going to throw him, that makes significantly more sense just because of, you know, it. it's something that I really appreciated about Young Justice with uh, Superboy. And yeah. When he uh, fought. They're doing the um, Black, Canary Black Canary training him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all like, yeah, you have a lot of strength, but you have no idea of, of no how control, a fight actually works. No balance, no footing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and, there's actual practical things that you should know in order to fight. Yeah. And it's it seems it, well, but the other thing too is they didn't they didn't assassinate their characters because Superman isn't going to well, yeah, I mean <laughs> Uh, I so Superman, I guess even in Batman v Superman, he basically tells Batman, "Hey, you're gonna have to leave town," and so that may have been fine. But what wasn't fine was, "Oh, I'm Batman. I'm going to murder you." Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, like that just that wasn't uh, Batman. That, that wasn't the same. Yeah, it's he. Batman at least recognized the point of superman he knew about superman there's no reason he hasn't heard about superman yeah and it's it's like yeah you've got a lot of but it's it's one of those things where it i really appreciated justice league doom yeah where batman understands these things and all the justice league are like all getting taken out and it's all like oh my gosh they know all of our weaknesses where did they learn all of this and batman's like uh they learned it from me because uh i totally have all this uh, information on all of you so that I can stop you guys when you go crazy. Oh my gosh. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to be held accountable. And, you know, I get that. I get that from that point of view. Um, yeah. And that's, but killing Superman is not holding him accountable. I understand no. the idea. 
I understand the idea of holding him accountable. And it's something that that's probably the direction that should have went. But no, we went straight to murder. Yeah. And it's just the other thing, too, is it's it's just, oh, I can't allow the superpowered being to do this. But it's it wasn't based on anything other than, oh, a lot of people died. I don't care what he was doing. It it was just it was a movie that was trying to make like force controversy down our throats. Yeah. It's... And controversy doesn't need to happen for there to be conflict. But I think some directors and Zack Snyder's I probably very I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this is a theme in his movies that he tries to make things super controversial in order to make conflict. So what it's something that I, you know, I thought about a long time ago is just that, you know, Marvel, everything that Marvel did wrong in comics, they fixed in the movies, but somehow (laughs) DC has all the things in the comics, right? And then the movies screw them up. Like they're a Marvel comic because Because the Civil War for Marvel was just making up, just making up conflict where there didn't need to be conflict, making up, uh, making people choose sides that they would not logically choose, uh, just character assassination all over the place for the sake of conflict. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and they couldn't get around with that. It's like everybody, the 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 thing that drove people the craziest was Reed Richards should not be making a super prison. <laughs> for all of these superheroes it's like no no reed richards would not do that um or yeah it's just there's yeah. just so many things where it's like no that's not the decision that they would make well uh, and i think the you know that's the thing about directors is you've got directors who i would say have respect they respect the source material and therefore they don't think it's their job to put their stamp on it they think it's their job to honor the original creator and in Marvel, that's what you see. You see them, they're not just, they're not really just trying to put their stamp yeah. on it. They're trying to respect the original creator. Now, you do see Marvel deviate a little bit when they need to. and Especially when the, a character was kind of like bland and nobody cared. Nobody would even notice if it changed. <laughs> or uh, super offensive. Like, yeah, oh, we're talking about the same you. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, here's this character who is basically a stereotype of a well, bad stereotype of Native American history. We probably shouldn't go there. Let's make him a redneck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe that was offensive, too. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, probably a smart move. Um, (laughs) And to be fair, I didn't follow the Guardians of Galaxy as much, but. I mean, until the movies came out. And, but yeah, Yondu sounded like something that would have been pretty hard to touch. And it, the way they did it made it, I think, fine. You know, yeah, he, and, they, and then they did the two, and then they made it wonderful. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it was good. It was they, they, they made him his own character in the movie that I feel like didn't it wasn't intended to be disrespectful to the source material as much as well, you know, audiences and, and times change. So they, yeah. they adapted, you know, and you're, you're talking about uh, comic book and, and respecting the, uh, the creator. And all I can think of is everything in the background of uh, Thor Ragnarok was a call out to that uh, very specific style of, I forgot the guy's name, but, um, but like all just every creep like every alien creature and wall and vehicle was all just a callback to like that old 80s style and mm. uh it was it, and you know it's like they had all those faces on the side of the the uh tournament whatever um whatever i forget <laughs> forgotten too many names i haven't watched it in a while um yeah but, uh, you know, they had uh, um, Beta Ray Bill on the side. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Beta Ray Bill. You know, it's like it was like. Oh, they did throw him in there on there. Yeah, he, Interesting. Was, he was one of the faces on there. And, uh, you know, it's and that was the first thing I noticed when I was watching it like the first time. It was all like because I was waiting for him to show up because it's basically Planet Hulk. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's. I think it's, a lot of people waiting for him to show up. But, yeah, it, it was very much a. Uh, 
it always had respect for yeah. for what the what the creator made. And you know, which is weird because um I think about like Frank Miller stuff and all that all came out fine. Yeah, and yeah, and I mean, I think the only reasonable complaint I would have had about Frank Miller was just Superman himself being like a United States agent, basically. And then the U.S. and Russia being at war is like, that's probably the biggest stretch I saw. You're talking Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, I was pretty sure I remember that right. But even then, it's 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 not it, it's. Not, it's not the See, worst I was, stretch I've seen. I was gonna go for like <laughs> like like the three hundred and stuff, but yes, that's yes, you're not yeah. wrong. Yeah, and yeah, I'm still on the Batman. Yeah, and I didn't, I never, I never got into three hundred. I just, yeah, it's it's what not the comics or the movies, but um, but yeah, a respect to a style, following it, it. It's something that seems to do the best. If you're going to use somebody else's source material, then don't try to put your own special stamp on it. I feel like that's just cheating. And the, the, the avenue I'm still waiting for that to come to is an actual video game movie that's good. <laughs> well, to be fair, if there's a movie I've seen recently... You're going to say that, Prince of Persia, oh, aren't you? No, no, I'm not going to, because I wasn't... I, I mean, I, okay, so Prince of Persia is what the live-action Aladdin movie should have been. So I'm just going to... I'm not going to say it has respect to the source material, but what I was going to say was maybe Detective Pikachu. Oh, okay. Yeah, that and makes sense. Because that... Okay. Got, yeah, Detective yeah. Pikachu, if anything, had respect for the source material. It was, it was Detective Pikachu. Even at the risk of not everybody understanding it, it very much felt like the Pokemon world to me. Unfortunately, I only got halfway through that movie like last week because I just do not have a lot of free time lately but i still want to finish watching that movie because it was fun and i was enjoying it i was like huh this feels like that feels like a legit pokemon movie like good job i was surprised some of the pokemon in cg still look a little weird but overall it, it was it was turning into a pretty fun ride so i need to finish that movie though <laughs> i want to say this just because i i think you'll you'll i don't know exactly how you'll react to it uh, my my sister. So I went to see uh, Prince pr- pr- sisters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to see Prince of Persia with my sister, and she came out of that movie saying, "This is worse than the last Airbender." I was like, "You take that back." <laughs> no, 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 not even on the same level. She just don't even for whatever under- reason she was just. So so distraught with Prince of Persia. I was like, no, do you not remember what we just watched? Because she took me. She was like, oh, we should totally watch The the, uh, the Last Airbender. I was like, uh, this looks like a train wreck from the trailer. I don't I don't know why you want to do that. <sighs> and I'm like, because so- she, she was watching Avatar The Last Airbender with me. So she's all like, she was <laughs> on the board. She, she understood what good story was. But it it just broke her so hard for like caring about movies that just everything disgusted her if it wasn't quality. And, and for some uh, reason, Prince uh, of Persia actually went below that for her. And so it's, her... it wasn't and okay. So it's not that no, everything, so... everything, everything about a stair is wrong, but it's wrong because oh. show don't tell. Um, well, you, yeah, you don't just, you just like, Oh, we're going to go to this place. <laughs> cut to this other scene they went to this place no you can't do that um but the her problem with prince of persia was that it was just so safe and predictable in terms of a in terms of a movie that it's like it took it it took out everything that would feel like i should care about this movie um and i mean i get where i get where people are coming from i I understand that sometimes when a, a, a movie is too safe, it feels like it takes some of the emotional weight out of it. And if you're looking for that emotional weight, you don't feel like it was as in- entertaining of an experience. But coming from somebody who loves safe, no, nah, it's not a big deal to me because I like a happy ending. And I'm not going to be upset with a happy ending as long as the journey that got me there 
was enjoyable. Now, had I played the Prince of Persia games, oh yeah, I it's, probably would have got. Yeah, that's yeah. not even. I I think and so I've never I never got a chance to play Prince of Persia games, so I didn't get to understand all the lore and all the fact that it wasn't just a simple matter of oh I've got time change uh, you know time sand and I can just travel back in time. It was this idea of oh I can travel back in time, but there's this thing that is meant to to basically restore balance to abusing the time st- time stream and it's going to be chasing you down. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's that's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was I I brag about that all about the second one even though it's not like a really well received version of Prince of Persia because it got really emo. I really loved that. Um so I'm going to I'm going to do a quick soft reset. Now this is a conversation we've had before. But We'll just pretend like this is the first time we had this conversation. So I have a theory about Prince of Persia. Let's imagine that it's not Prince of Persia. Let's imagine that our main character is Aladdin. And let's imagine that basically the sands of time is the genie. Best live action Aladdin movie, right? Right? I mean... I mean, prove me wrong. Come on. (laughs) I mean, best live action Aladdin movie. I, you know what? I would be okay with it. Ben if... Kingsley is basically Jafar. The lead actress is basically Jasmine. I can't remember her name. She's she's actually oh, wow. you know useful in the movie, if I remember right. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So one of the reasons that <laughs> actually no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on this subject. So I would be okay with it if what if what he was doing with the time with time um, and we've we've just we've just ignored wishes is uh, still did sort of the same sort of Aladdin things where it's like pretended he was rich and and did all those sorts of things by like, you know, he would like go back in time, steal a few items to just make himself look all princely and oh, I screwed that conversation up and go back, you know, and just keep on trying to keep take his because he's he's really interested in this girl but he doesn't want to screw up with you know her in conversationally or in presence but just keep on going back and like being all maybe if i'm gonna find i can get past the door maybe if i look like this i can get this far maybe if i make these decisions i can and just sort of like inch his way through well now we just turned it into a romantic comedy so (laughs) it's true i'm sure that movie already exists but here's the thing that's that's all, I mean, that's, I, I mean, I guess that's sort of where Aladdin could go. But, um, no, the uh, Prince of Persia games is where I was going, is that what really made it nice, what really made it good comparatively to the movie is that they, ha- is that, um, is that, I don't remember their names, but they had like a really good relationship throughout the whole thing and and it was and it kept on building and like they they got more attached to each other and stuff and then you get to the end of the game and you have to re you have to fix the timeline you have to bring everything back to zero Ooh, yeah so now also, we, if you guys haven't noticed we are very very good with names <laughs> research oh yeah this is, see this is this is one of those things that would that would be fine I can't just go the Prince of Persia. Uh, yeah, that's not, I mean, it's not, that's not cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was here. just, it's just that he developed this, this, this relationship, but he had to like basically go all the way back in time. And, and now he lost all of that progress that he just made with her. Okay. So yeah, I got a list of characters, but they're in alphabetic order. So this isn't helping me a lot. Cause like, for instance, the first character is Araman. Araman is a dark force of destruction. I'm like, well, that, that's, the, that wasn't the quick answer I wanted. <sighs> that's all right. You know, I tried. Yeah, I that's, tried. we're fine. We're good. We're off that subject. Oh, he's, he's the prince. That's easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> actually you know what that was another thing that i had a problem with with that movie is that there's so many good parkour movies that existed before that movie and then that movie Uh, came out and you're all like but i mean if you're gonna like talk it up like it has parkour then don't just give me all these cuts i mean they still did better than the new aladdin movie did with that 
Yeah, yeah. But that was Please. too many cuts. Oh like, my goodness. Like that those were the number of cuts that I made for like me trying to pretend to do it, but you have <laughs> a, a budget. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and trainers. Like and like you make cuts when you make lots of cuts like that because you're trying to save money and you need to just get the thing done. If you have an actual budget, you have time to actually perform right a fluid motion. You can do it a few times. And it's like, I, I would understand if it was really that hard on budgets and stuff, but there's just too many. I mean, like, Into the Badlands exists. And here's these people doing this on a TV show. Well, okay, I don't even have to go that far. That's probably a little extreme. The Mandalorian exists. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, there, it's just, uh, I, I would, I just, I wish big movies would quit using the cheatier method of 50 bajillion cuts for an action scene it's it's yeah just annoys me it doesn't make any sense no but yeah i you know they're still trying to get that uncharted movie off the ground and it's uh. like can we and it's funny because i didn't play the uncharted series mario here basically says hey guess what somebody cut these games into a movie and they just you would use like a little bit of gameplay but pretty much just made them the cutscenes to make what was what like an hour hour and a half long video on yeah. youtube and it was amazing and i mean i watched the whole thing i'm like i felt like i watched kind of a movie and i mean yeah it's not it's you know not the greatest graphics when you're just doing it that way but the story was great i'm like somebody please just copy paste this to a movie it'll be great you don't have to do anything the the scripting is done for you the scripting is great throw some action scenes in there and get the right actors you're done and, then, movie and they're like, we're going to make a uh, pawn shop with Joe Pesci and Al Pacino where uh, Mark Wahlberg plays Nathan. Dr no, no. Why would you <laughs> why would you do that? Uh... And, uh, thankfully, thankfully, that no longer exists. But we're also like, what, seven directors in now or something? Yeah, I... it's just it's one of those things where all I can think of is. I, I don't know why these directors are leaving. What are you doing to these people? Like, is it just because this has to be a Sony production or something that like nobody, nobody wants to have to deal with upper management or something? Because it's like uh, Nathan Fillion did that amazing short film. Uh, yeah. Uncharted. And that was like, good. just, just give it to the man. Just let him do it. <laughs> oh no, he would be. Yeah. He'd like, be great. Because we have Uncharted Four now, so we've we can we've proved that it doesn't matter how old Nathan is. <laughs> and to be fair, I mean, come on, can we can we get some J.K. Simmons for Sully? Because I'd be oh, I'd be, be all for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, we're talking about a world where we just heard today actually that apparently uh, they're going to consider remaking The Princess Bride, and we just oh don't no understand. that was yeah that was a while ago. Um, that wasn't oh, that wasn't man. a recent thing. I hopefully so they've I given up that. on that. Um, <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody had mentioned it, and and uh, Carrie Ellis was had had said. Um, Carrie Ellis, yeah, that's yeah. the name we were trying to remember. I, I could remember the I name. Yeah, I couldn't did, remember did, that when I was talking about it. Yeah, a digital high five, like yeah, slap. I don't know. Anyway, okay, Carrie Ellis, continue. Yeah. What well, uh, had said, you know, it's like there are so few perfect films. It'd be a shame to ruin this one. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's just like, yeah, oh, he's right, line. you know? It's he's like... so right. That was good. Uh, yeah, I walked into my family watching that and got home from work and they were, they were watching it. And so then I'm next to you and I'm just sitting down glued to this scene. I'm like, ah, oh, they did such a great job. This movie, this movie is so campy and so low budget that you don't think it, it should work. And yet somehow it is just perfect. I'm like, I don't know. Whatever, yeah. whatever happened <laughs> yeah we had a hard time thinking if somebody remade that it's like who would you be okay with anybody replacing any of these people and we're pretty much like no but josh is pedro pascal yeah pedro <laughs> pascal for uh uh swapping out an ego and i was all like okay i i might be okay with that but like everybody yeah. else i don't you can't replace andre the giant that's not gonna no. work no it's not but they'll try with like like I said, David Batista. It's, it's like, like yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a guy I see climbing the cliffs of insanity with four people on him. You know, yeah, it's like, no, sure. <laughs> uh, it's it's just oh well, it's just they see dollar signs and then they just want to run for it. But 
And I mean, I don't want to be too harsh because I know there's people in the movie business, regardless of studio. You know, it's not it's not just doesn't matter. It's not just Disney. It's not just Sony. It's not just Universal. There, there's people in all these studios who they they love filmmaking and and they they love the idea of bringing something great. So it's like I don't want to be too harsh, but at the same time, it's like but you're trying to remake the Princess Bride. Really? I mean, maybe they've given up, and that would be great. <laughs> but so, who knows? So I had brought up um, that the end of Clone Wars was sort of like the the most satisfying ending I've felt in a Star Wars th- property for a really long time, if ever. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, a, a coworker of ours brought up, okay, so what would you say is like some of, some of the best endings to a movie of all time? And, you know, you think of a lot of good endings, but what really stuck out to me was, like, final shots of, of movies and how many of them are just terrible. Like, like right before the credits, it's like, this is the last thing you're going to see. Why did you not think this through? And, you know, I think of all the Star Wars films, and they all pretty much nailed it. You know, their last scene before the credits, and it's like, you know, it, and he got, you know, just uh, created by, directed by George Lucas. Um but you know, Empire Strikes Back had a beautiful shot of uh, everybody looking out the med bay window at the ga- at that galaxy, um, and well, uh, I mean, even Star Wars, it's like you think about it, they end right there on that really high point of the celebration, everybody standing to a round of applause, and it's ingrained in your mind forever that Chewie didn't get his medal, which I don't want to get too far on that one yet. But um, yeah, we have. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. we'll save that for another time. There's but the thoughts. point is, is that's a definite. That's a great shot. Like definitely a great way to just leave a f- image in your brain. Right yeah, but the movie. But yeah, like uh, Revenge of the Sith actually had like a really good shot at the end. Um, yeah, you can give or take how you feel about the Clone Wars. I mean, uh, Attack of the Clones. Um, last shot it depends on how much you feel like on the composition of that. Whatever. Anyway, it, it was sort of Wasn't... supposed to be a parallel to the Empire Strikes Back one, which is so it wasn't you know. It was it didn't feel that great, uh, but it's not that the that the shot was that bad. Um, but uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker had a good last shot. Uh, last no, not Last Jedi. Last Jedi did not have a good last shot. Uh, Force Awakens had a good last shot. Hmm. Um, but we are taught. But the first the first movie that came to mind when he said what's what's the best ending scene uh, for a movie for me it was uh, Ocean's Eleven uh the uh the original one uh the movie's ending and everybody basically didn't get anything that they wanted um and their friend was dead so now they're all just sort of walking out and the end scene and as it's going to credits is just it's just slowly as going down the line of all the all the guys that that were trying to steal stuff and just having them all basically just super sad and kicking the dirt (laughs) because because they didn't pull it off yeah um, and it was it was beautiful that was perfect and and we had a conversation about that because of the, the the haze code and how basically now it's like the haze code is basically the thing that you're supposed to break and <laughs> it's just it's like bad guys were not allowed to win uh, yeah <laughs> and it's like well that's not the world we live in it's like yeah well i live in this world i want to go to a movie and get away from it for a little bit <laughs> yeah that's, that's nice reality great yeah, it's weird. You said that in the first movie that came to my mind, and because I, I and I was kind of thinking scene as a whole, but even then the last shot. But my it was weird. The first thing that came to my mind was Mask of Zorro. And what was the last shot of Mask of Zorro? Well, it's interesting because you know you you wouldn't say that it was transitioned in super smooth, but the last scene is him telling the story of Zorro to his newly born child. Oh, and that's I right. can't remember. It's just it sticks in my brain because you just got this really kind of tender moment of basically a dad who fought for a better world and now he's telling her I can't remember if he had a daughter or a son at the end there, but telling his child about that who's just a baby and is just looking up and it's it's really a kind of very heartfelt moment, but then they repeat the shot that they open the movie with which is just the kind of just a very blackened background and the silhouette of Zorro walking out on the stage, you hear the boots tapping, mm. click, click, and the spur, and then he 
squares up to the camera and then in just like a flash pulls out the sword and just choo 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 in the Z and then it flashes at you and then they end it again like that. I was like, gotcha. yeah, both of those pretty well stick in your your brain yeah. pretty good. Yeah, the and, one that the one that I brought up with my wife was, was like as soon as I as soon as I mentioned that conversation, I was like, you're gonna say Back to the Future. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna say Back to the Future. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, now that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, Back to the Future and the ship lifting off, or the ship, the car lifting off the ground and then, and then shooting off the, it. Yeah. yeah, that is that is a pretty good end. Scene. That was a good shot. And yeah. You know, I just thought about that too. I was like, I was like, you don't, and I might have to think about more. But you don't get quite that. I don't, I don't get that same vibe. Like if Jurassic Park ended on just the T Rex roar, with the banner coming down, then that might have been just an amazing end shot. But it's then true. they keep going to the helicopter, and then they show the sea with the. I think they they did yeah, have unnecessary. The yeah. Like, so many movies just decide, I'm going to keep going. No, stop. Stop going. You missed yeah. it. Like, maybe I, need to, maybe I need to try that. Just watch Jurassic Park and then say, all right, there's the T-Rex. He roars. The banner comes down. Skip credits. <laughs> See how it works. Does it feel right? I don't know. That'd yeah, be there's, interesting. No, there's, like, a lot of... Well, I mean, I could think of, you know... I think of Lord of the Rings. It was like, there's several places that should have ended... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I mean, to be fair with Return of the King, and maybe that's where the director should use a little bit of directorial license, but to be fair with Return of the King, I mean, the book had about 500 endings, so it would have yeah. been hard to work with. <laughs> I'm still in the middle of The Hobbit, so I don't, I don't know yet. Yeah, I, I um, remember when I watched the first Lord of the Rings, and I saw Gandalf, so I'm in high school. And I watched the first Lord of the Rings, and I didn't know what the Lord of the Rings was. And I mean, here's a guy, I've, I'm playing like StarCraft and EverQuest with my friend, and I'm into this fantasy world stuff, and I don't know what Lord of the Rings is. And I go to a movie theater, because I have no clue what this is, but it's like, well, it kind of looks interesting. And I walk out of the theater, and my mind is blown. I'm like, what did I just watch? What is this? So I go looking into it, find out it's off a book series, go rent the books, and read through all three of them because I knew Gandalf cannot be dead. He did not die. <laughs> this is not possible. And I was right. Kind of. I mean, I guess he kind of dies, but then is resurrected. Whatever. Point is, is that he, he wasn't done in the books. And, and so, you know, then I was like glued to the Lord of the Rings. So the return of the King didn't upset me too much with their cr crazy amounts of endings. Cause I'd already read the books and I kind of knew it was coming, I guess, but I was also younger then too, but it's, you my, know, we... my dad walked out. He's like, he was, he's like the first time, <laughs> the first time he got up and he's like, oh, I guess there's more. And then the second one comes up, he stands up and he's all like, I guess there's more. <laughs> the third time's like, nope, yeah. I don't, I, nope, I'm just, I'll see you outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that uh, that cracks me up. I, <laughs> no, I don't entirely blame him. The only thing I will say though, like the extended editions of Lord of the Rings, like the first one, it can kind of drag out a little bit. I think the second one added some nice scenes to it. I almost felt like the third one needed the extended edition just to kind of not make it feel so rushed and choppy. Yeah. It, it just, the third one is like, they just had too much going into it. And what I would love to see is, so technically the way that J.R. Tolkien, I believe he wrote the books this way, unless this was done later, but it, he actually wrote the books as a part one and a part two. So every, so there's more like six books, not three. And I've always wondered what would happen if they took the Lord of the Rings and made six movies out of it. Isn't that now, sort of what Amazon's trying to do? Well, I thought they were doing a Lord of the Rings series that was also allegorizing the actual war stuff. No, so no, they junk. They did that already. That that was a thing that they were working on. Wait. They have like an actual series that oh, they're going to make. You mean we might actually see Tom Bombadil? Probably. <gasps> <gasps> that would be okay i mean i took okay so you're excited about this and all i've ever heard of it is a joke so <laughs> see so and so here's the thing the hobbit you know peter jackson squeezed way too much out of that and it's just like the hobbit doesn't have it should have been two 
yeah, it, it could I could see two out of it. Um, but you if you cut out some unnecessary stuff, there's not a whole lot that's really. The Hobbit doesn't feel like there's a lot of character growth or a lot of. You could cut out a lot of stuff and it probably wouldn't really hurt the story, because in the end it's simple. It's a Hobbit who leaves home and comes back. It's it's there and back again. There's a lot of action that happens, but there's not a lot of development. When you get to the Lord of the Rings, you see J.R. Tolkien really start developing the psychic, the psyches of his characters, where mm-hmm. you've got Gandalf, who is taking on this load of responsibility more and more. You've got these hobbits where their world used to be so small and safe, and it keeps getting bigger and more dangerous and more dark. And it's like they're they're dealing with the grips of the depression and the feeling of everything is just awful. And so you've got all this development where it's like, okay, I think the content is actually there to make six movies. And I mean, the whole Tom Bombadil and and Forrest stuff, you don't even see that in The Lord of the Rings. And that is a huge part of that first part of the book. And the part one ends with the company arriving at, um, I think it was Rivendell, if I remember the name right. I hope I'm not confusing that with like a game name. But um, it's actually been a while since I've watched The Lord of the Rings movies. It's kind of weird how when you have, like, three kids, you don't really have three hours to just be like, I'm going to sit here and watch this movie. Yeah, everything's gone. So I I think, I feel like it would actually excite me. I would love to see, like, maybe even, like, Sherlock Holmes style, but maybe, like, BBC Sherlock style, maybe two hours even, but having, like, six of those. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's almost more like a miniseries, but I would actually be excited about that. And I feel like they could stay a little truer to the books. But but it, it could drag. It's hard to say because there is some parts in the books where it does feel like they chew on scenery a lot, which would be hard to do in a movie. It would it just get boring. You so know, it's well, the nice thing about chewing on scenery in a movie is that you can actually show that in like two seconds. Like, yeah. Like, you know, that was my hardest. That was the hardest thing that I had a problem. That was the thing that I had the most problem with trying to read through H.G. Wells um as there was just he was so descriptive that i got like there would be like two or three pages of just describing where he's at and i'm like i can't you got to you have to speak like it's a story <laughs> well and yeah and i mean we're i would i get that that in a day before television you're trying to paint a picture with words yeah well you're going to do that but we well it's i mean like, that's who, true but like I read like the first chapter of Frankenstein uh, and Frankenstein was like, Oh my gosh, that was really good. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind that. Okay. No, that's good. And, yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, there. yeah. There's a thing where it's like, yeah, there's time periods and there's things that make sense. Why certain people feel some ways, but I, I look at, um, I, I go back to like the forties and everybody's like talking about how great Bob Hope is. And I'm all like, wow, these jokes are really not landing. Is, was the humor <laughs> just really bad back then? Or, you know, did, did people just have a different sense of humor that this was actually funny? And then well, I listened to Our Miss Brooks. I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. No, Bob Hope just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think we could say 50 years from now, people are going to go back and they're like, wait, wait, The Princess Bride was amazing. Why did Disney do a live-action remake of The Lion King? This doesn't even make sense. It's terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there is that. <laughs> so, you know, just got to give it time. Yeah. It's just... Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things where it's... I, that I'll still think is funny that my kids are going to be like, that's the worst, Dad. I, yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to corrupt them ahead of time. It's like, no, kids, you're going to watch Surf Ninjas, and it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> I really do need to watch that too at some point. Yeah. To be fair, I well, mean, I've watched Turtle. I've watched Turtles three. I'm sure it can't be. Oh yeah, that. no, you're fine. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I didn't like Turtles three. I think, I mean, I honestly say, my worst movie that I watch that I that I th- actually really enjoy, but I can admit, I, this really isn't that great of a movie. Is I would say the Return of the Mummy. It it I see the parts where it's falling flat. But I don't care. Scorpion monsters and mummies and stuff. I just enjoy it. But I'm like, nah, this, this really isn't that creative a movie. No, my wife would agree. 
she's she's on board with mummy returns yeah um, I, 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 I i have a hard time because of uh whatever her name is that whatever the female ladies yeah uh rachel wise rachel wise yeah hey it's uh, two names we're on a roll good job <laughs> yeah uh yeah just that she was super upset about playing a mom basically and just went over the top trying to be younger uh come come, like and it's just well i appreciated her in the first one but then like she just sort of got i don't know extra makeup up for some reason and i was like well and there's i mean it's even just the scripting so just this fake out deaths are annoying as it is but i don't know if there's a worse fake out death than that movie oh yeah yeah. forgot about that one. So first off, they come completely out of nowhere and stab. And it's like, oh, surprise. And then it's like, so you're already like, she's not dead. I mean, even if she dies, <laughs> she's not going to be dead. We're, we're, we're in a world where we bring people back from the dead. She's not dead. Then on top of that, the, what is it, Nefertiti actress lady who's like her, you know, arch enemy person in, the, in, the, in their past lives and stuff. She literally waves at the boy with her thumb hooked on the book of the dead and you're like okay i how much are you gonna just beat this into my face oh they're crying they're crying really guys who's when it how long is it gonna take before somebody goes the book of the dead and then you know oh uncle what's your name uncle jonathan the book of the dead the book of the dead. Yeah, yeah just get it we, over we, with we, get, we it. get it you don't have to spell it out to me and it's as yeah, yeah as dumb as that is I still like the movie. <laughs> I don't know. My favorite part was with the uh, the guy with the knife on the train. Yeah. Like, oh wow! How'd you do that? Do what? I missed. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That's that's think, that's my favorite part. There's one line that I pulled from that movie that I still will say sometimes is, uh, "Yeah, you can uh, you can shave my legs and wax my back and use me as a surfboard." <laughs> and that's the balloonist guy tells that to Brendan Fraser when Brendan Fraser's waving that little gold stick around. He's like, you give me that gold stick, you can shave my legs, wax my back, and use me as a surfboard. And then Brendan Fraser's like, did we do that in some place? And guy just like, okay, shut up. <laughs> like they used to do it when they were in like college or something. But yeah, it it's it's corny. It's yeah, fine. You know, it's, it's <laughs> something that I appreciated about Brendan Fraser. He's like, I would love to do another Mummy movie as soon as you guys can learn how to make a movie that's fun <laughs> so, so like, what's oh, our... you're you're right there with me man yeah i well so what's your timer what are we oh, looking at we're, we're good we're over an hour okay so let's let's just say this when you with brendan fraser we want to talk about star wars so i think the next time we do this well we might yeah, well, have to talk about the mandalorian because what you just said the the first mummy movie is excellent it's it's got some it's got some tension and seriousness and yet somehow they're able to to organically throw humor in there that doesn't really feel like it takes you out of the kind of horror elements of this movie and it's just fun and we've we got to talk about that with the mandalorian because the mandalorian kind of gives us a behind the scenes glimpse with the whatever that disney show that they uh, showed us the gallery the gallery yeah yeah so i watched that first episode uh, as per mario's advice and yeah watch that yeah just watch that last five minutes or whatever the 20 minute mark was yeah i'll I'll hit that and and we'll and then next time we do this well probably maybe what once a week we'll have to talk about the gallery and we'll talk about mandalorian we'll have to we'll have to hit some star wars yeah and and i'm sure we'll we'll probably hit as many bases as we did this time but (laughs) we might be able to stay on track with star wars because we have we have content for that as well. I just I don't know is staying on track going to be the point or is no just it's going probably off? just gonna, it's probably just going to be this because this is what we are. This yes. is this is this has this been is, us for the last eight years. Yeah, for eight years, this is how our conversations have lasted. And we're like we'll have these conversations, and we'll be like, oh, why didn't we record this? Yeah, and, I know. And now we're finally recording it. And it so. actually, I don't know. I feel like our Batman stuff felt like we haven't really lost it it's like no we know no this is exactly yeah this is ex- <laughs> what we do so, if you, so i mean for those of you who are listening definitely hope you enjoy this um 
yeah, but it's a little backstory. So me and Mario have worked for the last eight years, but um, he's about ready to go back down to Texas, and I'm about ready to. Uh, uh, we're about ready to change jobs, change lives, and stuff. And we were both like, we need to just do just, this thing. We're not ready to give up these conversations. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, and we just figure. We may be separated by distance, and our jobs may be changing, but this is going to keep us together. So that's what we're doing, and this is fun. And I'm—I I don't know—I enjoyed this. This was fun. Yeah, I hope to keep it going. Yeah. So let us—I I don't know if there's comments, whatever. Yeah. We'll wait, however out, this works, leave a message at fill in the blank here. Yeah. So we'll we'll try to put just details on that. There's ways that we can get feedback. We'd love to hear from you guys. Hope you guys mainly just get to enjoy this, especially if you're trying to burn some hours at work and got need some background noise or got a long drive maybe you can throw this on whatever works for you guys all right we'll see you later or sounds good talk to you later <laughs> i say catch you later that's my thing all right <laughs> all right i'll catch you crest out perfect <laughs> all right